again everyone and welcome back to I Bought a Mic. I'm Becky <laughs> and I wanted to say welcome to the next episode. I actually didn't put my book down so it's going to make a noise, sorry. There we go. So in last episode I talk, talked about my albinism and kind of, well albinism in general. This episode I was going to talk about albinism for me more personal but then I thought about something else that I never mentioned and that was about my cleft lip and palate that I was born with and that whole journey and I thought I'd talk about that instead so hope it's not a problem. I think I'll start by saying when my mum had her like ultrasound or whatever she knew that I was gonna have a cleft lip or palate. I don't know if she knew I was gonna have both or just one but she knew I was going to have some kind of cleft. and But she didn't know I was going to have albinism. So, because I don't know if you can tell now, but she couldn't tell then. There's no way of knowing. But, because I was born in like 2000, so it's a little while ago now. <laughs> and she said that when I came out, <laughs> I guess, that I had like a white crop of hair on my head. And she was like, what the hell? <laughs> and... A little bit about when I was born, the doctor was basically just like, oh, I think she might have albinism. Here, take this link, this internet link, that's all we can do for you. They literally just gave my mum a piece of paper with a website on it, and that was the only thing they gave her, which is a bit annoying. So, then she got in, in touch with other people and got help that way not from the doctor though also I remember her saying that when I was in hospital for my cleft that loads of nurses just kept coming in and out like randomly for nothing and my mum said I think they wanted to like look at you and I was like I'm like in a freak show (gasps) oh which reminds me of a funny story we were watching The Greatest Showman and I'm gonna apologize for my voice cracking because I've just woken up because Charlie and the Chocolate Factory 2005 is on at like half nine so I gotta get this done so I can get ready and watch it because it's like one of my favorite movies Anyway, <laughs> I got priorities. Anyway, so when we were watching The Greatest Showman with my cousins, they went, oh, look, Becky, an albino. And I went, yeah, she's one of the freaks. <laughs> they were like, no. Oh, it was hilarious. I was only joking. I mean, technically, she was part of the freak show, but let's just move on. <laughs> I would have been in a freak show probably in the Victorian era, but... I don't know how I feel about that. Anyway, so when I was born with the cleft, I was born with a cleft lip and palate, and that basically means that my lip and gum and palate didn't form like in the womb properly. So I had to have two operations before I was one years old, which I don't remember. So that's good, I guess. I don't know. And yeah, so when I did it again. Okay, the amount of times I had to edit out me saying, and yeah, and um, and like random silences in my last one. It's actually kind of sad. (laughs) It went on for about 40 minutes, but once I'd edited all that out, it went on for 34 minutes. (laughs) Anyway, I'm getting off track. So I had to have two operations before I was one. And because of my cleft, it meant that I couldn't be breastfed because of my lip. And I, I struggled to like drink. I had to have a special bottle that I would use like my mum had to get a special milk bottle which I still have in the cupboard somewhere but it's kind of gross now (laughs) oh also if you can hear my clock ticking in the background 
sorry i didn't i couldn't be bothered to get up and move it this time i don't think when i recorded my little promo trailer thing you couldn't actually hear it so even though i apologize for it well i couldn't hear anyway and i mean hopefully you can't hear it now so i'm gonna just keep trying to talk over it so the operation i had was on my palette i think i had the palette one first no i had the lip first i think and I have like baby pictures, like before and after pictures of me as like a tiny newborn baby with like a hole in my face. It does mean if I didn't have it, um, you may have seen like the adverts for Smile Train. You may have seen the adverts on TV where it's children in more unfortunate countries, I guess. And I don't know how to word it, sorry. And they can't afford the cleft lip and palate or cleft lip surgery so they have like teeth growing through their lip and and it talks about how children like get shunned from their friends and everything and no one wants to play with them and everything and that's really sad basically i would have looked like that if i didn't have the surgery my nose would have dropped or my the left side of my nose would have dropped because that's where my cleft lip was it it would have been pretty bad but thankfully, fortunately, I am in a country where I got that surgery for free, even, because of the NHS. So I'm very fortunate in that regard. And apparently it looked really good because every time I go to the dentist, they go, wow, they did an amazing job on your cleft. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> they always say that to me. I, I don't know why. It's kind of creepy. So because of my cleft, I should have I had an operation when I was around eight as well and that operation has some wild stories well not really when I went to the big hospital to get it done because my hospital near me doesn't actually do (laughs) big surgeries like that I guess we went to like the specialist unit which was nice fancy and I had to stay on the children's ward before that I had to have a few teeth taken out to like prepare for it you know like you do before you have braces or something the plan was always to have this surgery and then have braces which I didn't want so I don't have braces I never had braces I've got a twisted tooth in my top gum and I I really didn't want braces so they were like fine as long as it doesn't damage other teeth if it starts damaging other teeth then I'm gonna have to like insist on you having braces and I was like okay sure and obviously now I'm too old so I have to pay for them if I want them which is fine it's my decision I decided not to have them I you know take that on and everything but after my surgery to take some teeth out I had to go to actually have the big surgery and in that big surgery they took a little bit of bone out of my hip and put it in my gum and so I have a tooth there now which is actually just hip bone (laughs) kind of I think bear in mind when I was told about this I was like eight so I can't really remember I never really asked I didn't really care to be honest (laughs) I just I don't know I was just kind of doing it but I hated it. The hospital people were so nice, but I hated the hospital. I refused to take medication. I made myself sick, and I'm so sorry to all the people who had to deal with me. <laughs> I was awful. And yeah, I, I'm really sorry. I feel really guilty about it, to be honest. But there are many stories. So I had a night nurse there, and he was really cool. I think his name was Danny. Danny, I he was he was nice. He was a nice guy. Uh, he would kind of sit with me while I attempted to take medication. I think the point was I had I take medication now every day, 
which is fine to me it's just another part of my day but back then it was terrifying the thought of taking medication scared me and also back then because I was eight it was liquid medication so it was like a whole different story you know pills and liquid medication are two different things and then there was the time where they said I'd like make myself ill which I don't think I did I think I did it more subconsciously than on purpose I didn't sit there and go I'm going to be ill it was more oh I feel ill so now I have to be ill it's kind of but they had really nice chocolate milkshakes at the hospital taste it <laughs> I'm trying to fill the silence sorry um, oh yeah so when they eventually tried they went fine we'll try you on tablets and see if that's any better than the liquid medication and I was like ha, probably won't be but okay my mum mentioned that our old neighbour before she passed away bless her um, she used to take her, her tablets with jam so she'd have like you know the little medicine caps that you measure out cowpaw in or whatever? She'd have a little bit of jam in there and stick the pill in it and just sort of knock it down, which is a bit weird, but whatever. Each to their own, I guess. And they thought, oh, okay, we'll try that with you then. We'll try that with you. And I was like, please don't, because it's not going to work. They tried me with yogurt. They put medicine into my yogurt as well. My mum kept saying, no, they haven't, no, they haven't. And I was like, yes, they have. No offence or anything, doctors. You made me incredibly paranoid that you were just going to stick medicine in anything. I started refusing to eat, so good job on you. <laughs> but I get it. Uh, for example, this one time they bought me, yeah, like when they bought me a yoghurt, I don't, I didn't, looking back, it probably didn't have medicine in. But because they kept trying to put it in things, I started to refuse to eat. And I don't think that was a very good idea on your part, just putting that out there. I know I was horrible to work with, and I am sorry, again. I want to keep apologising because I feel really bad. But I, they had two things. They put me in like the kids' room because they wanted me to keep away from everyone else because I was so noisy. Because I, I could actually hear parents complaining about me. And I was like, wow, I'm professional. <laughs> I'm professional with parents. But you know what I mean? Like, I was like, excuse me? <laughs> I can hear you. There was like a dad across the, you know, like across the cubicle from me. And he was, he was like swearing about me. And I was like, I'm eight, sir. Anyway, they put me in like the little kid's room just while I was trying to take the medication. And Danny was getting ready to go home. And he was like, oh, I'll go get my stuff ready. And you take it before I come back or whatever. I didn't. Sorry, Danny. I was like, <laughs> no. But I sat there with the two things. And they, and they put one over like on a windowsill and they said that's the one with the tablet in so don't worry about that we'll just you can see where this is going can't you they're like don't worry about that one just ooh, sorry just try and take it first just try and do the jam first just to practice and they put it in front of me and i looked at them i looked in and i just pulled the pill out of the jam i was like i'm not stupid and i could honestly see them like <sighs> i might be visually impaired but i'm not stupid i knew you were gonna do that <laughs> I'd been there for days. This wasn't my first, but but yeah. So it was very it was very bad because I did feel a bit guilty afterwards because they were like, "Oh no, she saw." But yeah, the kids' room was really nice there because they had like uh like a table football table. I don't know what it's called, like foosball. I guess you'd call it in America, but whatever it is. They had one of them, and they had like a play kitchen, and they had these cool things where you you know it's like um 
black and then you like scratch it off and it's like rainbowy underneath. I don't know what they're called. They're cool. And another bit that's kind of scarred me, <laughs> like scarred me for life, is my mum used to get really frustrated with me. And honestly, I don't blame her. I was horrible, but I was a kid. And I think some of the things she said was a little uncalled for. She threatened to leave me at the hospital on my own because I was annoying her so much. And I was like, you can't do that. So I remember like storming off to the kids' room and crying and then a nurse had to like comfort me. But my mum said, of course I wouldn't have actually left you. And I'm like, yeah, but you told me that you would leave me. I used to have abandonment problems as well. Well, not abandonment problems, but I used to have like attachment issues back then as well. So thanks mum for making it worse. Also though, she kind of was like, I, there was something I wanted at the World Book Fair, which was happening kind of before I had the operation. And I was like, oh, I really want, I think it was called, 40 things to do on holiday or something it was like a pack of cards that gave you little activities on i still have them by the way and my mum said you only get these if you're good in hospital <laughs> i still got them it's okay because she's my mum and i knew she'd give them to me anyway because she'd already bought them so she can just leave them in the house somewhere ah <sighs> yes <laughs> good times but in the end because i started started to refuse to take my medication they were very much like what do they say the doctor sort of tried to send me home without he was like just send her home just send her home i've had enough <laughs> that was the head surgeon who was in charge of me i can't remember his name but he didn't like me sorry <laughs> obviously because i was annoying i don't blame him to be honest because before that when i had to get a mold done before like my teeth taking out surgery to this day i still have a fear of molds because i did it and it tasted disgusting but then they wanted me to do another one before the big operation or something and i didn't i refused i flat out refused to let them put something in my mouth and my mum was like oh no it'd be kids sorry my leg is really hurting and i'm sat on my floor so this isn't good <laughs> so since then i i went after the big surgery i went to an orthodontist to uh, the plan was to just get braces because when my teeth started to grow right by my cleft one grew sideways and they wanted to twist that round fair enough they're like very routine you know we've done it before because obviously clefts and aren't that rare they happen quite a lot so it wasn't wasn't a really rare thing to happen so they're like yeah yeah we'll just come in put the braces on and i was like i don't really want braces because it would hurt and I wouldn't be able to see to like clean them. It was just a lot of things I didn't want braces. And obviously at that time I was still coming off the fact that I didn't want to take medication and all that jazz. I, I didn't realise what it would involve and, and everything. It was fairly soon after that and I still had like a big fear of things like that. So I was like, I don't want braces, thank you, I'm good. And I am fine, to be honest. Apart from last night, the irony, I was brushing my teeth and I accidentally like shoved my toothbrush right into my like surgery bit I was like ah, ow I do that a lot well not a lot but I do it sometimes but yeah I decided I didn't want braces and they were like okay obviously we can't force you I would really recommend you have them but we can't force you for it and that's fine and my mum let me make the decision so she always said it's your mouth if you don't want them I'm not gonna make you and I was like thank you <laughs> my mum I remember my mum actually went what's it like <laughs> I just remembered this sorry my mum said when I was like a kid she was like do you think it will hurt like when you kiss somebody <laughs> she went try kissing your hand 
like the fat in the car kissing my hand and I'm like no I think it'll be okay <laughs> yeah that was weird but anyway I get it she was looking out for future me <laughs> anyway <laughs> I've really gone off on tangents so let's segue all the way back to my birth which <laughs> let's go back a few years when I was born with albinism and my mum didn't really know what it was she was kind of worried naturally because no one really told her anything she was a bit like what the heck you know what what's what's going on like is it okay is she gonna be okay and she told me that her dad my granddad came into the hospital took a look at me looked at her and just went she'll be fine I was like granddad thank you <laughs> you know he's he's always quite an optimist anyway but yeah thanks granddad uh <laughs> But yeah, my mum still remembers that. And now I remember it. Well, I don't remember it happening, but I remember it being mentioned before. Okay, now I'm going to completely change up the talk and talk a little bit about... This is going more into the albinism thing that I was going to talk about before. And that is how I got my statement. Woohoo! So if... I know you've kind of got to listen to all the boring stuff about like theft and my life story before you get to like the informative part, but maybe that's what I wanted to do. No, <laughs> it's not. So I got my statement in year three, which I think it was year three, which was the year before my big operation. My mum had started the process before that, obviously. It takes a really long time to get a statement, even when you are registered blind with your local council. <laughs> uh, apparently that's not enough, which is fine, whatever, they have a system. So yeah, in school, to get the statement, I had to be observed in lesson, and then some guy had to come and do like these tests on me, so to test my like fine motor skills and memory recall and stuff like that, I don't know. And all I remember is the fried motor skills one and the memory recall. The rest, I, I, don't, I don't remember the rest. It was things like he'd say a word and I'd have to say the opposite. So he'd say uh, hot, I'd go cold or whatever. And there were these like little squares, like kind of little brick cubes that were like split in half, like on the diagonal. So it's like two triangles. Only in paint though, they're actually a square. And one of them was one half was red and the other half was white and then he'd have like patterns that I'd have to put together in a, from a picture or something fun that took an afternoon and his I always called him Mr. Banana because I actually don't remember his name I think his name was something like that and I went oh Mr. Banana or it probably began with a B and I just didn't know what his name was so I called him Mr. Banana and I had to have that test again in like year 8 I think maybe year no year eight I think and I think that's because it changed to what's now known as an educational healthcare plan I don't know if it was ever called that back when I got it but I always refer to it as a statement so I think it was just called a statement before I don't know though so don't quote me on it obviously this is for the UK I'm not talking about well I'm actually really talking for my county so it's not really <laughs> it's not really <laughs> sometimes it, it's pretty similar to other places but it's not always the same so check check with your local council but you know it's probably similar so yeah I had when it was an educational healthcare plan and I got that obviously because I had a statement for my whole life so well my whole life since year three so 
and year three is in primary school so it was towards the end of primary school I was really struggling in primary school to be honest but let's talk about that someone else (laughs) with a statement it kind of says a few things it says what time like how much time how many hours you get basically of like if you need an LSA an LSA is a learning support assistant they're like a helper a one-on-one or whatever again that's in your statement I was one-to-one so I had one LSA for me basically some people are like two-to-one so they'll have like two LSAs for them if maybe they have more complex needs I, I don't know but it, it can vary person to person and that's what the whole assessment's for to like determine how much you need and so I always was one-to-one and I think in high school I got it better because I remember in middle and primary school I hardly had help I was like is this allowed (laughs) is this allowed sorry um you know I was kind of like aren't you supposed to be finding me a helper but they weren't really the most on it primary school or middle school for middle school I didn't have a helper I had a helper for art that was it that's all I remember I don't know why whatever the teacher sat me next to the other kid who had vision impairments and were like you can help each other i'm like that's not how it works <laughs> you're supposed to do it but anyway in high school i had one-to-one help which was perfect i had it for all my lessons so i had there's 35 hours in a school week and i had an lsa for 30 of those hours because lunch and break went on for an hour together so break was about 15 minutes lunch was 45 minutes and i didn't need help during lunch and break so i had um i had like 30 hours instead of 35 so it was like an hour off basically in the week which was fine but it also meant that i I'm going to say I couldn't because I didn't feel like I could go to after school clubs or things like that because I wouldn't have an LSA with me and a lot of the time the teachers are like oh no Rebecca's here I have to do something anyway no I I know and I'm not here to bash teachers or anything I I really don't I'm not trying to because I know they have a lot going on and it's a real struggle and it always is it's a lot of stress but sometimes I did feel like the teachers just kept forgetting about me and yeah always nice to know isn't it but yeah I felt like I was a bit of a burden sometimes (laughs) my statement also says kind of well I don't know if this is in my statement the statement lists your needs your like disability basically so it had like ocular cutaneous albinism a low processing speed apparently have a low processing speed my mum always used to go no you don't what are they talking about i was like i don't know i think they'd know they don't want to do the assessment but that she's like no you just take a longer to see something and i'm like isn't that a low processing speed i don't know maybe it is maybe it isn't who knows i don't actually know what a low processing speed is but apparently i have it <laughs> and every year i i had an annual review i think it's the same for everyone i think you have to have at least an annual review you might have other meetings in between i don't know but i had an annual review where certain people would come and talk about my education and how it's going and i would join for the second half because i could because i'm the student in question i was always invited it was my mum who'd go my mum and dad went to one of them but it was just my mum for most of them 
and the senko so the special educational needs coordinator who's like in charge of the department so they were leading the meeting their kind of secretary taking minutes and stuff um who else went the vi teacher that i had so the vision visually impaired kind of teacher that i had he's not a teacher he was kind of like there to make sure the teachers were doing their job so he'd come and watch me in lessons and stuff i hated it no offense but um he was an all right guy but i didn't like having him it was so uncomfortable he'd just like walk into my lessons and i'd be sat with my friends and it'd be so awkward this one time in spanish he moved me to a back table all on my own and was like oh you're gonna have to stay here now and i was like no i didn't don't worry my lsa has got my back it's fine <laughs> that was ages ago now and my LSAs would go. Sometimes they'd pick one or both go. Both of them went to one of them. Because I was with either one of them at the time. And the other one managed to be free. So, <laughs> Who else would go? Oh yeah, my mobility officer. She would go. And a mobility officer is something I'll talk about another time. But it's basically someone that helps you with orientation and things like walking around. And she helped me get like a cane. And they'd help you with like a guide dog as well. You know, things like So, all that fun stuff. And what else? I think that's it like other people would be invited but they wouldn't always come like hardly ever come so the lead of like visually impaired people would never turn up but the visually impaired guy would so i don't even meet the lead person she doesn't even know me the visually impaired teacher does so it makes sense that they come instead of her it doesn't really matter the important people were there so and at the meeting they'd kind of discuss your education how it's been going how you're how you're liking school because before the meetings i would always have to fill in a form and it was always like do you like school yes or no and then why and then what's your favorite subject what do you want to do in the future such a stressful form to fill in and then they'd kind of look through it and talk about bits of it in the form like if i said no i didn't like school they'd be like oh why you know is anything we can do which was fine i guess you know doing their job I always thought everyone had to fill those in, but no, it was just me for my annual review, apparently. Because I remember asking my friends, and they were like, no. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay, just me. But yeah, that annual review, they'll put recommendations in. They have to make targets and things that they want to achieve, and also see if you've achieved your targets from last year's annual review, which I, most of the time, they were ongoing targets, things like achieve good grades in my GCSEs because I didn't really know what else to put as a target they'd always ask me and I'd go I don't know I I, I don't know what I want I don't know what I want to do I hate setting targets for myself anyway let alone in an annual review in front of teachers and my parents (laughs) awkward one of them would always be something like making more friends or something and I'm like I don't think that's a target I don't think that's an educational target but okay (laughs) again I'll talk about the whole making friends issue another time because that is something to talk about that the SEN department did and I don't know if it's right I, I don't think it's right personally I, I they came, it came from a nice place but it was basically asking me to be friends with certain people and asking certain people to be my friend it was just a bit weird so I'll talk about that another time but in the annual review they discussed that they'd also discuss what you need to do in terms of your exams so I did GCSEs yay fun and i passed them all so that's good woohoo and they talked about my exam 
requirements that I had to have not requirements so like exam arrangements I guess so because I'm visually impaired I could I qualify to have a reader a scribe extra time a laptop if I wanted it you know so but you had to put that obviously in place before the exam so <laughs> I used all of those at least once during my time in exams for a levels I used the laptop because I did philosophy and ethics a level or religious studies a level and I needed to type the essays out if you're thinking about doing it and you're like, I don't really know if I want to, just don't pick something else because it was incredibly boring. <laughs> As a joke, obviously. If you really want to, go ahead. I wouldn't do it again, even though that's the one I passed. I failed economic. Anyway, we're not going to talk about my GCSE. We're not going to talk about my A-level grades. That in GCSE, I used my reader, scribe, and extra time. Extra time came because I had a reader and a scribe. It wasn't like I couldn't use any of them, but I could use the extra time or something. It wasn't like you automatically get extra time. I got the maximum amount of extra time, I believe, which is, or the maximum amount I could have, I guess, I don't know, was 25% extra time. So if the exam went on for two hours, I would have two and a half hours to do it. Kind of thing, I'd get an extra half an hour. But that is purely because using a scribe and having someone read the questions can, like, take more time. So that's to compensate for that time, which is why, unless you use your reader or scribe, you don't get the extra time. Fine, whatever. I didn't in my physics, last physics exam, because I didn't like physics. I didn't know physics. I filled out, I made it up, and then I went home. Like, me and my friends were going to meet down the town and go shopping after the exam. I just wanted to do that. I was like, ugh, I don't know. And then I left. I had no clue what I was doing. But yeah, so you have to at least use your reader or scribe to actually get the extra time. Apparently, that's what I was told. I, Again, it might have changed now. I haven't done GCSEs in a while. <laughs> so. so a reader is someone... I thought I'd explain what these are. So a reader is someone who reads the questions for you. That's about it. They just read your question. They'll read it like twice or whatever. Some of them will like point as they're reading it. And a scribe is someone who writes the answers for you. They don't obviously write the they don't answer them themselves. You have to dictate to them what you want them to write. And I will recommend if you are a student who is going to use a scribe, practice with your scribe before the exam because you need to know how to scribe properly. Like it's very complicated. Well, it's not complicated, but it's quite annoying. You have to punctuate. You have to say when it's a capital letter. You have to spell technical words. You know, if it's a word linked with, like, if you were writing osmosis in a science exam, you'd have to spell osmosis out because you do. My LSA never really made me do that bit, but I punctuated into the capitals. It's a bit annoying. For example, if you wanted to say a Christian is a Christian is someone who follows Christianity, for example, in a religious exam, you could say capital A, capital C, Christian is someone who follows a oh backspace but ignore that you know you'd say things like that if you mess it up you'd be like oh no don't put that good example nice just me making it up uh someone who follows capital c christianity full stop you know or whatever or comma or something it's it's a bit annoying <laughs> take some time like that took a while um and in the exam, your scribe can't actually talk to you without you inciting like a conversation. And they can't have a conversation either. They're not supposed to talk. They're just supposed to write. So I had to, at the beginning of my exam, in my English language exam, I had an invigilator in the room, which was a bit weird because I'd never had an invigilator in the room before and I didn't have one in the room after. It was just me and my LSA. 
doing the exam. Which, I get it if that's the policy. Maybe I was supposed to, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I didn't, so whatever. In the English language exam, I had an invigilator. The invigilator sat down, ate a sandwich, and then fell asleep. So she didn't really pay attention to my exam. But because I had the invigilator, we had to be much more on point, you know, with what we were doing. Because my LSA would naturally just go, uh-huh you know, when she's ready to keep writing, when she's written what I've already said. But she wasn't allowed to do that <laughs> in the exam, so we had to be a bit more like, you know, because it's like natural, when you finish writing, you just kind of do go like, uh-huh, you know. So at the beginning of the exam, I had to ask her to do that. I was like, can you please let me know when you've written what I've said so I can continue talking? And she was like, yes. <laughs> Luckily, that was okay with the invigilator. She didn't say, oh, no, you can't say that. Whatever, you know, it doesn't really... Well, I mean, we were going to do it anyway, whether she liked it or not. So, <laughs> I wanted to pass, thank you. Um, it's not like she was telling me the answers or helping me write it. I was just, it's just a way I feel more comfortable doing it. And most of the time, they are there to make sure, they're just there to make sure the rules are being followed, you know. Sometimes they're a bit scary. And I will say, because I never really mentioned this before, is that when you have, like, a reader and a scribe, you are in your own room. You have your own kind of classroom or small room to do it in. Which means I've never actually sat an exam in an exam hall, so I don't actually know the stress of that, luckily. But I did it in my in, in a room on my own. If you're like using a laptop or something, say say you just have access to a laptop, you don't have a reader or a scribe, you might do it in a room with a few other people who also use laptops, but just still be in exam conditions, obviously. Which happened a lot around where I was. They had I think one of my friends used a laptop for exams as well. So, you know, we'd wait up at the top because it was in the SEN department that they actually did those exams. We'd wait up there together before the exam and do some like last minute revision. <laughs> it was good while everyone else was lined up outside the hall. So that was always a nice, nice time. We'd always sit on the floor. One thing that I haven't really mentioned is things that you can also qualify for that I didn't qualify for in an exam. I, that I obviously don't know them all, but as far as I'm aware, there's also a prompter and rest breaks and. I don't know, I can't remember the other one. I swear there's another one. It might not be, though. So a prompter is someone who, if you may get distracted easily, for example, will like tap the table every so often to make sure you're staying on track. Fine, you know, cool. I don't know anyone who had a prompter that I know of. They might have done. I, I don't know. Like, if they think you're taking a little too long on a question or something, that, or, like, if you'll start looking around the room, they might be like, pay attention. Well, they won't say that. But they'll just tap. They can't talk. They just tap the table. And rest breaks are something that you can qualify for. And they kind of basically give you, say you have like half an hour worth of rest breaks. So you can take five minutes here, ten minutes there, whatever. But you only have half an hour worth of rest break. And it's the kind of time where, you know, if you're maybe getting overwhelmed or something, you can take five minutes to just have a breather. And that is not counted as exam time. So you do have to like move your paper. You have to turn your paper on the table and like push it away or whatever. But my friend had rest breaks and she told me like a lot of the things they they kind of people who have rest breaks would use would be kind of like going, Oh, this question's a bit difficult. I really need to think about it. Let me just ask for a rest break. Cool. And then they get to think about the question a little bit longer. I mean she qualified for rest breaks. Use them, that's what I say. <laughs> that's how you if that's how it works. If that's how it is, then go ahead. Ah yes. There's always ways around things. But anyway, I've kind of talked a lot about some really random things about my cleft about my 
exam conditions. A bit random. I feel like I'm as soon as I stop recording, I'm going to think of the other thing I wanted to mention. But and I did have it when I was talking about rest breaks. I was like, oh yes, that's it. But now I've forgotten. But I'm just going to stop talking because it's about seven past nine and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is on a half nine. So I've got to get ready to go watch that. And yeah, I will see you next time. I have an Instagram account now, which is the same. It's I bought a mic on Instagram. Please feel free to follow it. I don't have any followers at the moment. I've made like one post, but it's fine. Like part of me, I'm not doing this podcast necessarily to get out there and everything it would be lovely to like get out there a bit more and talk to more people if no one listens to it i won't really be that offended (laughs) like a cry no i won't be that offended it'd just be like okay that's fine i'm more doing it for myself to kind of get my like to help my my, my, to help with my confidence and yeah i i just wanted to you know work a bit more on something that I enjoy, I feel like comfortable recording this, I feel like safe in my own home (laughs) recording this podcast so it's not something that I'm too stressed about, if you want to share it please please do, that would be amazing, love it and you know I'm I'm on Instagram feel free to like and comment and all that good, oh my goodness oh also Anchor which is what I'm using this podcast, this one posting this podcast on has a feature where you can add like music on spotify obviously i can only post that one on spotify if i do that but that sounds so much fun like i'd love to do that i'm gonna have to look into that more because why not that sounds fun but anyway thank you again for listening i hope you are having a great day and i hope i won't say that six times like i did at the end of the other one i don't know if i edited any of those out but if i didn't i said it like loads of times (laughs) But anyway, I will see you in the next one, which will hopefully be next week. But if not, I'll see you when I see you. (laughs) So...